Puss in Boots is back with DreamWorks' best animated movie in a long time. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today I am talking about Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, which is the... Uh, I'm trying to think. It's not the most recent, but it is... Yeah, I think it is the most recent... Uh, well, most recent DreamWorks animation movie I've seen, and one that was nominated for Academy Awards for Best Animated Feature, and it's one of those ones where I don't think everybody had high expectations, but they were blown away by it for reasons I'll get into shortly, and because I was as well. So without further ado, let's get started. It is wild to think that it has been over 10 years before a Shrek property hit theaters again. Admittedly, DreamWorks Animation's signature character wasn't the same box office draw as it had been, but the original Puss in Boots movie wasn't a box office slouch raking in almost half a billion dollars worldwide itself. Guess they got caught up in better ideas like trolls and boss baby movies. Never mind, I'm mad now. Give me 12 more Shreks before you give me another one of those. Thankfully, DreamWorks decided to go back to the Shrek well, or at least its most successful spin-off character, for a movie all about facing your mortality? Sounds heavy. I'm in. The- Thoroughly enjoying his, his life as a solo swashbuckling hero, Puss in Boots gets a rude awakening when he discovers that he's burned through eight of his nine lives. Not only that, but an unstoppable bounty hunter is hot on his trail. But when Puss hears that a map leading to the magical wishing star has been found, he'll team up with his old flame kitty Softpaws and her new and his new friend Perrito to get his lives back. That is, if he can't if he uh, if he can beat two other teams that want the star's wish for themselves. So the last wish is a best case scenario for a movie like this, not just because it's really good, but also because it is trying to do something very different at almost every angle. The animation is a good place to start. In a, in a move inspired by Into the Spider-Verse, in case you needed another reason to think those movies rule, the animation bucks the conventional, exaggerated cartoon look for a hand-painted look to make it look and feel more like a fairy tale storybook than any of the franchise's previous entries. This style also gives the film license to go buck wild with the atmosphere and set pieces by making the background correspond to the mood of the moment, and fun approaches to how flames and even swords clanging against each other can look. Good use of motion lines and impact in this movie. The premise for The Wishing Star, aka a map and power that can warp depending on who's in charge of the journey, also means that the movie can introduce a flurry of colors we haven't really seen in these movies, like deep purples, neon whites, and, as I mentioned, some of the coolest-looking flames I've seen. The movie's also hilarious, with every voice performance being pitch-perfect and every take on every fairy tale character being a great one-note joke that keeps working. Case in point, Florence Pugh's Goldilocks and the Three Bears feeling like four characters dropped out of a Guy Ritchie movie, and John Mulaney literally voicing a giant man-baby mob boss. Admittedly, the movie looking good and being fun or funny isn't a surprise, so why did this movie surprise so many people? Because it's dealing with big questions in real ways. When the movie starts, Puss behaves as if he's going to be this globe-trotting hero forever, living a dangerous solitary life on his own. But being down to one life, especially with an opponent who seems intent on taking it, takes his courage and joy for living away from him, hence needing to find the wishing star and bring back his old self. And how he handles this is in very adult ways, initially trying to avoid it, then being haunted by it, and even having a full-blown panic attack when he's confronted with this once again. 
In the background, however, it's becoming clear that Puss's life was and is very empty, and his team up with Salma Hayek's Kitty Softpaws, always love a Desperado reunion, and Harvey Guillen's Pe Perito is forcing him to rethink whether or not that last life is even worth living if it's alone. Saying much more will, will reveal key plot details, but this is one of the best examples in recent memory of a movie hitting all of its main thematic and character points after prop-up build-up in a way that pleasantly floored me. This one's a gem. The verdict is, it's wonderful. Bursting with creative energy and fun, The Last Wish, Wish is DreamWorks' best animated movie in years. 8 out of 10. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.